0: Alright y'all, what is going on this is your man L Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounce. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Tonight is going to be a work on the street segment so I'll be covering a, a couple of the top stories over the course of the week. I also got a review for you guys as well. I'll be going over Erica Badu's first album Baduism tonight as well so be prepared for that. But let's get right into it with this uh with the news. And uh let's start off with the first story and uh this one is probably not probably not new to everybody, but uh Jay-Z has decided to uh, has decided to uh, create a partnership with the NFL. Uh, the rapper has decided to team up with the NFL to pretty much promote social justice. Uh, he'll be involved with the in- entertainment side of things as well, uh, developing programs or entertainment programs involved with the NFL. Choosing uh, certain artists to perform at major events, uh, including the Super Bowl as well. There is a clause that I'm that I'm hearing. I haven't I haven't confirmed I haven't confirmed it through my Sports resources, but the other, the the regular, I would say, the celebrity gossip tabloids. And if you go to black news sites, it'll tell you uh, that Jay Z will be a majority owner of a team that that has not been determined in any of my sports sources. Uh, there hasn't even been a team that he's been in contact with per se. Um, this is a uh, quote directly from the TMZ source themselves. This is funny. Uh, just kind of just tells you, you know about really where jay-z is at uh jay is not an nfl agent and does not take part in opera in the operations of nfl players so my question is going to be what the hell is he doing uh again uh, this goes on this is kind of uh, more along the lines of the nfl well, this is the nfl statement about what they what jay-z's role is going to be or well, and rock nation uh rock nation will now help advise selections uh uh, selection uh, I'm, I'm sorry Rock Nation will help advise on selecting artists for major NFL performances like the Super Bowl that's what the NFL is saying I have not uh, come across anything from the NFL or like I said through my sports sources, uh, that he will become a part, a majority owner of a certain team, and I'll, although I'm hearing it through sources like The Root, again through sources like TMZ, who's also reported on this, uh, they have not, they have not really given you anything outside of the, the, the general statement of he will be a majority owner. They didn't tell you what team. I don't think that part is real. Uh, but again, he has had some uh, experience running the team. Of course, he was a minority owner of the Brooklyn Nets in his hometown between 29 or 2010 and I believe about 2013. So uh, recently, the NFL is doing you know, its part quote-unquote course to promote social justice and social change of course, the NFL has recently established the Inspired Change Initiative, basically like I said uh, it'll be mostly related to you know, social and racial justice, and again, uh, this is the main quote coming from your man Jay-Z, uh, he goes on to say, we move past the landing. it's time to get into uh, I think he said a hmm What was that word here? Uh, here we go actionable so his quote he went on to say we move past kneeling it's time to get into actionable items whatever that really means it didn't really make any sense to me either uh but let's get right into how i really feel about it again i'm going to just kind of state my piece here i don't see that he's going to be involved in any aspect of the football operations so my question is where is his claim that he's going to be this majority owner and what does that you know really mean again if he's not going to be a part of player personnel then what is his role other than being just a figurehead and or an elevated glorified pawn uh that that has been used to represent the black community en masse at various points in time by these white organizations uh again uh my question uh is going to still remain the same uh where is the end game with all this Where has the results come from? I don't see any results. I see a lot of people getting paid. I see a lot of people uh, getting, you know, contract offers and commercials and all that. But the laws still haven't changed because guess what? This is not just a, this is not a social issue per se. This is not a situation where we need to keep getting people to be, uh, getting people to be on notice about it this is not a situation in which we really need to get people to be noticing about it or awareness about we've been well aware of uh the injustices of this justice system and this political system for centuries now even in this country so it's not it's Jay Z's right in the terms of it's time for it's time for real action. But again, you're applying it in the wrong ways. And again, they paid you off to stifle the music, to stifle the movement. Uh, you are in fact the O.J. in which you were talking about in your song. How ironic uh, must it be? And like I said, he's gonna be he's gonna be a figurehead. So he, so even with the claims of him being a majority owner, he's just there as a face. He's gonna do nothing with the football operation because he doesn't know anything about football. He doesn't know anything about athletics and i'll tell you for what it's worth uh i'll tell you about other big time money makers and and business tycoons who come across sports and how well they did Uh, for one you had ted turner he came at one point in time uh came into ownership of the atlanta braves for and this is just an example just an example of really what it means to be an owner, and really what it means to really be a part of that, and what it's gonna take, and that's why I don't believe in the in the actual claims that he's gonna be a real owner. Anyways, Tim Turner, y'all know about him, or you, some of you who may not. Big media tycoon, of course, he owned TBS. Uh, he probably still owns it, of course. Uh, everything that came with that. At one point in time, he owned WCW, so on and so forth. That he, like I said, he even owned the Atlanta Braves as the owner, as you know the owner and the the head honcho of it all not just a majority owner but a owner period period, point blank he was involved uh, within those those uh, well because like I said he owned the Atlanta Braves a baseball team he was involved in those player discussions he was involved in the construction of that team on various levels Uh, whether it meant the TV production and how they were produced whether it was just trying to put out programming for them he was actually involved in the actual uh, create or somewhat uh, involved at least oversaw uh, the development of their roster throughout the years at least through the late 80s and early 90s again it says it in the the tmz direct source again jay-z is not an nfl agent and does it does not take part in the operations of the nfl players again he's not going to be a real owner he's there just for a show it's a show pretty much uh i don't i don't buy it uh, i think the nfl is cashing in along with jay-z just like he he cashed in with the song 44 with the album 444 and eventually all those songs like oj and he made us and made made the black community think that somehow some way he had really opened up and he himself had become woke. but no that was all about business that's what he's about i didn't feel i didn't fall for that bullshit. anyways but again a lot of y'all did and that's okay that's just big money that's just that all that proves to serve is jay-z is a he's been pushed by mainstream media that's okay you just have to understand that's a part of it and you don't have to support it that's all guys you know by me being me being critical of jay-z and black other black people being critical of jay-z and other rich black folk and this that and the other does not make us a coon i tell you what makes you a coon Doing what Jay Z does make you a coon, okay? You you basically shit on the, the NFL. You talk down about them. You basically put a Colin Kaepernick on a prop when it was when it was beneficial to do that. And now when you can just not necessarily toss it to the side, you necessarily throw them under the bus directly per se. But again, you join with the organization that's from y'all claiming is blackballing him so how is it that an organization that keeps blacking blackballing this one guy y'all keep finding an excuse to work for eric reed if they if they really messed your partner up and really had you that fucked up why would you take a job with them you tell me Jay Z, if this, if this, if this, uh, this company, and, and again, I don't have the the exact quotes uh, that he said about the NFL, or or his quotes that he had referring to the NFL, you know, based on Colin Kaepernick, of course. But again, he was definitely against the NFL's treatment of him. He's definitely one of those pro-liberal celeb- celebrities who was pushing that, you know, let Colin Kaepernick play. The NFL's is racist. They're keeping people silent. Okay, well then, why join with him? What are you going to really do to make it different? And on top of that, what are we going to do as a community to really make this stop because again if we're talking police brutality if we're talking uh the system in which this this justice system is is you know conducted i'm sorry this is not just a social matter this is not a matter that's going to stop or is going to resolve itself because we become aware of it we're already aware of it we've been aware of it for like i said centuries it's now time Like, like you know jay-z was right in the sense of doing something about it but not working with the same people that's that's work that's not necessarily working to support the system but it definitely is is uh neutral to, to what the system is about and does not necessarily want you to have a feeling about it either way because it could take you it could take your income that you could be giving them away from that and you could you know but again you know, so I don't think the NFL cares either freaking way unless there's really money and assets for them to benefit. And of course, here's where the coons and all that come in. Jay-Z, big time coon. You can say what you want. Big time coon. Um, and And it's funny because, again... We're 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 making these partnerships with the NFL. We're making these partnerships with these organizations. All these organizations that can give us money or can pay you for something. Or like again, Jay Z is getting paid for what he's doing by the NFL. We already know. It's he's the one getting paid he's not a he's not going to be the owner that's just a part of the story again believe me he's he's just going to be all employee you think he's going to be an owner but he's not okay he's going to be the employee not all the way through that's this is all that what this is about again they're making partnerships with these corporations, but they're not making partnerships with the people that it actually mattered with. You don't see them talking to the community leaders. You don't see them talking to the politicians, the people who actually make the laws. They're not talking to the police, but they're steadily talking to the corporations. You guys should look into that. You guys should really take note to that. I think it's bullshit. I think he's a sellout. I think it's a, 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 hypocritical, uh, I think it's a hypocritical result coming from a, a, a situation that started off that's hypocritical so again that's what you're dealing with i don't buy it let's get into the next news story uh this is coming out of portland oregon now antifa and the proud boy proud boys excuse me met up this weekend out there in portland oregon and uh Let's just get right into this one. They squared off, of course, uh, at the Pioneer Courthouse Square. 13 people were arrested. I'm not too sure what this one was all about. Of course, Portland has had some of these uh, riots before. Or you could call them mini riots because they don't get super uh, crazy. But pretty much what you're, what you're dealing with, I'm pretty sure you guys are not necessarily 100% aware of this. Uh, I've lived in that area before. I know a little bit about that area. I know people that you know still live there up you know live there for for long stretches of their life or whatever uh but this is just two groups of white people left wing white ringers uh and sometimes they get really agitated they have these big fights with each other uh this time around looks like the uh the antifa guy started everything and that's what it's been looking like uh for the past uh few years or so it's been they just been really angry on the left side and really start these situations and on the right side you got the proud boys again but you still got neo Nazis in there uh, proud Boys are definitely white supremacists. Don't think that those guys are good guys just because they're right wing. Uh, they're both uh, very extreme groups. Uh, I, I, of course, you know, you know, I might lean a little bit to the left, but Antifa's is way too far for me. And I, to be honest with you, I really, truly don't know where they stand either. Uh, so I kind of let that, since I'm neutral on that, uh, I'm just, just gonna, I'm, I'm just here to report on it. But again about a thousand about 1200 people showed up uh and like, like i said in that pioneer the pioneer courthouse square out there in downtown portland and again it started off early in the morning uh one side uh and this is usually how it goes one side one side usually goes uh to the to the meetup spot or to the main square first they they. uh they claim their, they speak their their piece. They get on their soap boxes, and uh, they they start bickering with each other. One, uh, then you know after they go off and get on their soap boxes, the other side shows up. They go back and forth, and again they might start they start jaw jacking. Of course, uh, they start, they start you know telling each other about, these, about their ideas, and of course they don't get along. And then there's cussing and there's yelling, and then a lot of times there is some violence. Uh, some people end up getting really hurt. Uh, this time around, uh, 13 people, like I said, 13 people were arrested. I think about, yeah, five people would end up injured. I think one person needed to really go, to, uh, got seriously injured and actually needed to go to the hospital. Uh, these recent protests received national attention. Uh, and this is, because again, this has been a really serious problem in Portland, at least for the past 10 years, just this, this weird, uh, you know, violence between these these two groups that just seems to, to simmer every now and again uh throughout kind of throughout the year uh they just start especially in the summertime they just start organizing like i said both groups uh they'll stick there they'll meet they'll eventually it's like i said it start off with one group they're speaking on their soapboxes, they're arguing, they're speaking their piece, they're, here comes the other group, they're overhearing everything, then there's some interactions, and, and then there you go, you got a, you got all types of melees, and that's pretty much what happened. Uh, like I said, the first group showed up, I think, about 9.30 in the morning, or maybe even 10.30 in the morning, and the fighting and the, and the carrying on, that, that did not stop uh, until about 6 o'clock in the afternoon, when police basically cleared out the Pioneer Square area, and I think they shut off, I believe it was the southwest portion of the city or something like that that um and like i said uh this time around antifa pretty much was starting this situation uh they like pretty much were the aggressor you got the proud boy saying this is what we wanted we're trying to get uh you know we wanted them to become national we wanted president trump to see this and like i said i was i was just going to get into that point in just a second um and in, in, the, in the wake of these protests and just the national attention that's been receiving uh president trump himself was simple as uh, basically threatening to put uh what well, basically threatening to declare antifa a terrorist group uh but again i mean i don't think it would be necessarily fair because guess what he still got the proud boys he also got white militia groups such as the three percenters who have no such they're not even paying attention to these guys so again is it fair no uh again i think the president is picking and choosing he's not making the situation that much better that's kind of what i see here all right y'all i'm gonna take a quick break and when i come back i'll be wrapping everything up i got a, a review for you tonight guys it'll be erica Badu's first album like i said baidu Baduism, excuse me a late well i say a mid a mid 90s classic in my opinion uh when i get back i'll be discussing that and uh we'll wrap everything up from there all right now alright y'all what is going on imma wrap this up for tonight uh, of course i'll be going over erica badu's debut album by this was dropped february the 11th of 1997 now though you can define this easily as an r&b album uh, for those of you who are in the know about your late 90s and really mid-90s to late 90s and even early 2000s music, uh, you would know about the neo-soul subgenre that this could easily classify in. Of course, this is pretty much the new R&B, you know, at least I would say singing and and at least that type of elements, but in terms of music, this was really a blend of hip-hop. Like I said, some R&B there as well, but some jazz and some soul on top of that as well. So it was a little bit of everything uh, and it really fit the time period, especially when everything's, when it's sub like I said, it started being big, like I said, the late 90s, a lot of these artists, Maxwell, Erykah Badu, uh, even on the hip-hop scene, uh, were blending this sound in like Common and and Q-Tip, so again, these sounds and and all that were pretty much on the scene, and this wasn't new, uh, Erykah Badu's sound or anything like that, it wasn't necessarily new, uh, because of course, uh, again, even on the the hip-hop scene, you had the Diggable Planets who had like a Neo Soul sound to it, uh, bringing in that, that new Jack Swing but a low key note new jack swing with some actual instruments uh, this was not nothing new but again this took off in the mid 90s of course like I said with uh, Maxwell's debut album The, the Urban Suite that took it to a whole nother level Erica Badu's album I, I feel this Baduism album took it there because again it gave it a female presence as well and I always think it's good for, for women and everybody to have some type of representation uh, but I felt uh, women and at least sisters in this point of view in this time period uh, were able to get their voice as well and I think this started off with this album here uh, but this album will drop four singles uh, the first being, being On and On I think this was the biggest smash the album of course this would drop in December in 96. Uh I like this song. I'll get into a little bit more about why I liked it in a second. Uh, but this was one of the biggest this was like the main song I I can remember hearing from this album. Uh, this song was everywhere. Everybody was jamming it was all over the radio. Uh, next next single we had was next lifetime this was a pretty much a big banger too uh once it hit the airways it was i mean i think all these songs were getting played for a good two i would say almost two three years uh you know getting good steady airplay but this would drop may of 97 uh she would also drop other side of the game uh really deep reflective song about you know black relationships again and we'll get into more about what i liked about this album a little bit more but i think her just uh, her her ability to touch on certain subjects especially in this first album i definitely enjoyed this will drop september in 97 and then her final single that uh, will be dropped from here will be apple tree so again, she had four solid singles, and uh, these—at least the first two—on and on. Uh, actually, next lifetime, mean, even actually other side of the game, definitely got major uh, te- television play. Uh, I know the videos uh, were all over MTV, if not MTV, definitely BET. So uh, she was out there at this time. This this hit like wildfire, in my opinion. Um, again, just based on if just the radio plays and just the exposure, it got over pop, you know, popular media at least in black popular media uh, she was huge when this album dropped uh, the album would go on to debut at number two on the u.s billboard top 100 rapping r&b charts it would actually peak there as well it would go on to be certified three times platinum by the recording industry association of america it also would go on to be gold in the uk and canada so again we're talking about an album uh, that pretty much crossed over uh, pretty much uh, you know you could say as as me as for, for like I said you, you can put neo neo soul in a subgenre class but again it's albums like this and again like the urban suite you know Maxwell's album that really took that sub-genre and made it something mainstream uh, really took this sound and really make it a worldwide thing if these two albums right here like I said uh, we're gonna get to just uh, I'm going to break, start breaking it down just right in the, just a second uh, but the album the album itself will go on to win a Grammy for best R&B album uh, she would also win uh, best vocal I'm uh, sorry best female vocal performance at the Grammys as well for on and on for that single there uh, and she would also win favorite R&B soul or rap new artist at the American Music Awards and she would also go on to win NAACP award for best female artist as well so so again uh, this touched all over uh, again she won a Grammy uh, she would know that she was you know she got her notoriety. Notoriety there, as well as the American Music Award. So again, she crossed over. She was able to get that mainstream appeal, and also uh, that uh, you know she still may remain you know relevant with her own. Because of course she won the NAACP Image Award. I'm pretty sure there was a BET Awards out over the time. This album would have probably swept it. Uh, again, so it was a really solid album. Uh, as far as what I really liked about it, uh, I think Erica Badu in terms of her sound. Uh, i think this was again a very special album because i really enjoyed especially with the first song on and on Uh, i enjoyed the laid back uh vibe of the song again this is uh, again everybody one thing i did notice about neo soul is that everybody that was involved in it uh put their own spin on it and everybody was unique this is probably one of the few places in r&b and this one of the few times in r&b where i felt like people were very unique in what they did and this is one of the few avenues in which people could i guess be unique because i guess you're really playing instruments and again in a way you're really singing you're really doing a lot of the songwriting and so it's coming from your soul in a lot of cases and i feel like some of these songwriters were some some of the best uh, again uh music soul child comes to mind as well as just being really good love songwriters and r&b songwriters in general and uh you get you get the same thing here again the ly- lyrically the song probably wasn't the greatest but again i really liked the music i liked uh it was a it was a slick type of jazz feel and you put the R&B music on it, you put those melodies on it, you give it type of a some type of a pop sound, and I think that I think especially with On and On, I think that it really worked. Um, we're talking about a song again that wasn't overpowering, uh, but again, it was like one of those it was like one of those open mic songs that you that you know doesn't command you by being you know by controlling the volume, uh, but it definitely keeps you uh, it, it keeps you i think it keeps you honest and it keeps you paying attention to it with the melody with you know just what badu's just way the way her voice just matches uh where that song is in terms of its energy i think that keeps you there too um because again the the lyrics themselves you know i I don't feel like they're you know the greatest of song lyrics they're not you know something i would you know quote every day but again when you match her voice and just the way that it sounds and you can tell that she has some talent and you know that she's and she's flexing that talent and, she, and you and you know she's written the lyrics to the song you really can't tell her nothing she, see, she wrote the song she pretty much was probably responsible and again she was responsible for producing the uh, a, good, a good amount of her own album so again you have to give her the respect there and I think it all comes to fruition at least even on that first song, because it, 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 that first song, in my opinion, on and on, encapsulates what the entire album is. Uh, there is some jazz in there, which is really good, there is that, that popular neo soul which would be uh which you would say i would say the pop uh version of everything and, and it would there would be albums of the, the parts of the albums that kind of sounded popish or that could sound like it could definitely go mainstream uh but there's like i said there's 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 some real jazz elements in there you can hear that instrumentation in certain songs uh one of my favorite songs that don't get a lot of uh that doesn't get necessarily get a lot of flack or get a lot of uh, uh flack isn't the right word but doesn't get a lot of praise today in my Was certainly, uh, especially the remix, the uh, flipped it version. Now, one thing that I will say about the 90s is for whatever whatever reason, uh the groups and singers always like to do at least two or three versions of some of their bigger songs. So you hear like a really uh, the radio version which might be a little bit more upbeat, then you might hear slow or like a downturn, like a remix or something like that. Voice Men were good for that too. They'll put out a uh, like a new jack swing song and you know they put out a whole bunch of new jack swing singles and have a whole compilation albums where they make all but they have a whole bunch of remixes where it's all slowed out and just you know jazzed up and erica badu kind of does that here too she has a two two different versions for this song certainly and i think the flipped it version really uh again i like one thing maybe this is why i will tell you this as much as i love this album As much as i liked badu uh as a singer she kind of fell off for me at this album after this album, but i'll tell you why and i noticed it when i listened to this album again um i got to certain parts of the album uh, almost near the end and i really started to feel where i really enjoyed the jazzier songs and the song where she was actually uh singing and scatting and doing the the bebop and all that i love those songs i love the way the jazzy song sounded uh, i think um in terms of her songwriting ability she does showcase that showcases that though on songs like the other side of the game so again this album was a really good mix like i said there's jazz there's r&b uh again there is some hip-hop sounding in there too uh and i think she does a really good job of that uh, she had a whole bunch of different producers on it that's what made it made it work on top of that as well but uh, i thought this was a, a really good album from beginning to end there was a couple songs that I really wasn't feeling. Uh, One of those was Apple Tree. Uh, I I just thought it was a little bit repetitive. She pretty much, like... Name dropped her other single like twice. She brought up On and On like twice, and like maybe the chorus or the bridge or something like that. I thought that was a little bit repetitive. I thought she, like, I was like, wait, really? I wanted something a little bit more from that song. And another song that I really didn't like uh, was Poorly Clover. I thought it was really repetitive. Uh, but again, outside of that, I really thought this was a solid album. And songs like Drama and really the, the low key songs that, that really didn't get a whole lot of play, like certainly the songs that weren't singles. Like I said, like certainly uh, the alternate mix for that song. Also, like I said, Drama was a really good song, uh, just basically depicting uh just the state of the world at that time and and i don't know what it was it was like the 90s late 90s where everybody was just on this hype i guess it was the y2k the turn of the century the new millennium type thing going on and everybody was afraid of the world changing or coming to an end and you'll see like you will hear like every one, like every album in every genre or every genre had like one song that would just talk about saving your soul or changing your ways right away because times are going to change and all that and of course this album was no different but i thought the Song that song really produced well on top of that. Uh you heard some really good piano play. I think she you re- really got to hear some more range from her. She really talked about a really deeper subject. Uh again, a really deeper subject. I think she got really spiritual with that song. I think a lot of people missed that uh as well. And I think uh and I think maybe you know some of the responses for songs like that, maybe that might have prompted her from getting away from stuff like that in the future. But I, I really think she off. I also had the stuff that she did with Common and those love songs, I don't think she really had the same soul after this first album. Uh Bad Lady was probably her next biggest hit after that in my opinion. And I can't really say that I liked that song, uh, especially after, you know, the dog pounding them and, and Dr. Dre sampled it and he did his explosive song. I don't know which song came out first so it's just like both of those songs to me are kind of annoying because they both sound the same and they happen to be huge right at the same time so it was just like one hour you'd hear that song and then next hour you hear the other you hear Erica Badu but they both sound the same in the beginning so you're thinking you're looking for Erica Badu then you hear and i met you letting it just throw you off so i didn't really like her second album i thought this album here was really good um her subsequent albums after that second one i think that second uh, second album was mama's got a gun um you know she's been all right you know but i definitely like that first album uh I, i think she you know, she came in at a perfect time. I think that's where music was, and she, she she put out an album that perfectly matched that time period. And I don't think you ever you can get more late '90s or more neo soul, uh, probably next to like I keep mentioning it, uh, but that debut Maxwell album. Those are, in the, the, my opinion, Baduism. In the Urban sphere the two definitions of what neo soul is. You can't uh, get any better than that, y'all. So if you if you'd like to, if you haven't already, I suggest that you listen to that album again. And if you haven't listened to it, if you haven't listened to it uh, from beginning to end, I check it out. Baduism by Erica Badu check that out y'all all All right y'all i'm gonna call it a wrap for tonight i will be back tomorrow tomorrow night uh maybe monday morning again i do work uh so it just depends on how i feel coming in uh, from work that day so tomorrow or monday morning it will be an end of the week sports wrap but mostly for the mlb uh we got some uh nfl news to talk about as well not necessarily news uh but i do have those some divisional i have a two divisional previews for actually just one divisional preview uh, for you guys I'll be going o- over the AFC West and then I'll be going over the scores from this these weeks uh, well some of the top scores uh, from this week's preseason action and then uh, I, like I said as far as the MLB goes of course like we always do we go over the scores whatever news comes from that and then uh, the standings of course because remember there's about five weeks left going into the MLB season playoff spots are or uh, you know they're being fought over right now we got division spots being decided so I will be keeping you guys up to date as much as possible uh, so I'm going to call a wrap for tonight I'm going to get my rest and uh, I'll do my best uh, to be back here tomorrow night if you're looking to get in touch with me you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler 75 at gmail.com that is eljbutler 75 at gmail.com once again that is ljbutler 75 at gmail.com elj butler75 at gmail.com also i do have a facebook page and an instagram page you can look me up there at l jamal johnny that is e-l-j-a-m-a-h-a-d-j-a-n-i once again that is e-l-j-a-m-a-h-a-d-j-a-n-i i also got a facebook page for the show at never out of Balance. you can look up uh, look me up there I have content as well as any extra links to the show as well as if you are as well as anybody who's looking to donate I do have a PayPal and uh, a cash app I do have those apps I do have those links there on the Facebook page as well alright y'all I'm calling it a wrap for tonight and if anybody hasn't told you yet I love you peace out one love and I will holler at y'all later